Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Next on the OHIO podcast. As much as we don't want to do it, we need to talk about what happened in the horseshoe on Saturday. And we answer all of your questions. And boy, did you have questions. And that all starts right now. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans. Where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OHIO! Welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I am Buckeye Boggs, and for the first time this season, we are not recording from a victorious North Central Ohio. We are recording from, can I say, a somber North Central Ohio, where I am joined by Chris and Aaron. Chris, are you okay? No. One word. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm disgusted. I want to vomit just thinking about it. You know, speaking of vomit, let me start off by saying, you know, um, it, it could always be worse. At the game yesterday, the woman sitting behind me had a little bit too much drinky drinky. She threw up on my seat. Ugh. Yeah, well, you know, if I had to sit there and watch that in the stadium, I probably would have vomited too. <laughs> uh, a little, little, little foreshadowing. Yes, and that uh, that those beautiful baritone voices you hear coming down from Texas, Aaron Brown. How's it going, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, there's so much to talk about on this show. Um, you know, it, it's 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 hard because you know we we talk about people that are real negative online, and sometimes our show can come off that way when we're criticizing. But right. that's kind of part of what we do is is criticize. So it's it's and it's we're not trying to be negative. I need the, like the listeners to understand that it's it's legit just what we see. You know, it's not just the immediate knee jerk reaction. Oh, he lost to to that team up north twice. Fire him. 
you know, even though that a uh, little bit of our poll question there, but you know, just, just getting, we just can't go too deep into it. Let's, let's hold our emotions. Like I said, it could always be worse. Uh, there yeah. was a guy in New Jersey who, uh, placed a, uh, three quarter of a million dollar bet on Ohio state covering the line. Um, oh. and that, that was to only win a quarter, a quarter of a million. So he, he bet three quarter to win a quarter and obviously he lost, but you know, hopefully you're not that guy. Cause there's a lot of people who did probably win their bets yesterday. And, um, on that note, Ohio DraftKings Sportsbook is coming to the Buckeye State. <laughs> it won't be long until you can bet on all your favorite sports from the comfort of your own home. To celebrate, all new customers will receive $200 in free bets when you sign up today using code OHIOPODCAST. Plus, five lucky customers will win a $100,000 bet. That's right. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you $200 in free bets just for signing up today. No deposit required. Soon, you'll be able to bet on money lines, spreads, props, and more with one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, DraftKings Sportsbook. Plus, you'll be entered to win a $100,000 free bet when you sign up. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code Ohio podcast to get $200 in free bets to use once mobile sports betting hits Ohio plus five customers will win a $100,000 free bet only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ohio podcast gambling problem call 1-800-589-9966 21 plus physically present in Ohio eligibility restrictions apply see terms at DraftKings.com slash sportsbook subject to regulatory licensing requirements one per customer $200 issued as $825 free bets no purchase necessary for sweepstakes void where prohibited ends first day DraftKings is allowed to operate in Ohio see terms at DKNG.com slash OH all right uh, who wants to go first? Well, I'll go first, Eric. Okay. Thank you for volunteering. So, what I saw yesterday, and I'm, I'm going to leave more of the numbers that I usually throw out and my opinions on the adjustments to Aaron, who can speak more intelligibly on the adjustments that weren't made. I'm just going to say I was completely disgusted by what I saw yesterday. The play calling I thought was atrocious. I felt that Ryan Day did something yesterday, and, and we talked about it a little bit, you know, in our chat. I feel like yesterday Ryan Day broke the Ohio State Buckeyes. We were down twenty-four to twenty coming out of the half there. Our first, well, I think it was our first drive of the second half. The team actually showed signs of life. They got pinned back in a first and 35. CJ got him up to a fourth and five in Michigan territory. And despite CJ's pleas and the pleas of the offense to stay on the field because they had rhythm going at this point, they had something working for him. Ryan Day pulls them off the field. Any other time, Ryan Day goes for this fourth and five. And what he did was he completely lost his offense at that, that point. I think they lost confidence in him as a coach. I think they lost confidence in him as a play caller. And guys, he did this in front of a slew of new recruits. 
He may not have only broke this incarnation of the Buckeyes. He may have broken some of the future. He showed no faith in his quarterback, his Heisman, his Heisman candidate quarterback. He showed zero faith. And I saw a team after that happened that just gave up. Yes, Michigan was being more physical, but Ohio State still had fire at that point. After that, they gave up. And it, it just took me back. I've got nothing more that I can really add to that. So I am going to add to that because I, you know, this was my first Michigan game ever as a fan in person. And the moment you speak of, of Chris absolutely is you're hundred percent right. It, it was that at that moment when he pulled the offense off the field, I wish, I know you probably couldn't have heard or felt this through the TV screen. It was like all the air went out of the horseshoe. The fans at that moment stopped believing it's done. It was like, here we go again. Um, it was it was surreal when that happened. And it was, why are you giving this game away type of feeling, which was just really odd. Um, and after that moment, Chris, the, the offense was never the same again. I think they, after that, I don't think they, I think they completed one third down after that, the rest of the game. The yeah. offense, they, they they did. The offense was broken. I think you you worded that exactly right. But it wasn't just the offense that was broken. The defense became broken. We had led the time of possession up to that point. We had doubled the time of possession on them. And we were dominating the line of scrimmage. And from that moment on, it was like the defense, the defense was broken too. They were gassed. They were exhausted. I know, Aaron, you're going to have, there's going to be lots of questions in our second part of the show that's going to be directed to to you and for you about the defense and the, the scheme that wasn't, um, I guess, taken advantage of there. But it was both sides of the ball, Chris. The, the wind was absolutely taken out of the sails of the, of the team and the fan base. And I'm not going to put all the blame on Ryan Day in that decision because, you know, there's a 60 minutes for the entire game. But that decision was probably the worst decision he has ever made as a head coach up to this point. And I hope he learns from that. I really do. But yeah, that that hurt. I still feel that. And that's that, you know, you know, we we all these years later talk about certain things like, you know, the decision that Gene Smith made about the 2011 uh, team and that ended up affecting our chances of winning a national championship in 2012. A lot of people, uh, us included to a degree, have not uh, have not forgiven Gene Smith for that. I hope that this doesn't become a defining moment for Ryan Day in his career, but this will be the moment that we 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 might look back on in, in a year or two down the road and say this was the moment that he made a very, very bad decision as a head coach when it came to X's and O's on the field as a head coach. So I agree with you. Um, those are my two cents. It was It was a rough day yesterday for all of us, but I'll say this. Um, if you haven't already, go to our Facebook page or our social media pages and read my article about perspective. Um, I think that'll help you kind of put things back into perspective on where we are currently as a fan base moving forward. But, you know, unfortunately, we are going to have to talk about this game because that's what this show's about is the game that took place yesterday. Aaron, your two cents. 
Yeah, um, it was it was rough, you know, uh, and just it it may feel like this was a defining moment for for Ryan Day, but the, it's not the end of the world, you know. Uh, they're gonna practice again this week, and Eric, I, I I hope you're right. I hope that he does learn from this because to me, and it's not just Coach Day; it's it's Jim Knowles as well, okay, and anybody that's an, a defensive analyst that assists with the team. Because Jim Harbaugh played this so smart, okay? Everybody and their sister knows Michigan runs the ball. Like, that's what they do. They run the ball and they they throw short 15-yard or less passes, you know? that's Everybody knows that. They've done it uh, for 11 games up until yesterday. Um, and they knew that Blake Corum had a an, an injury and Donovan Edwards uh, still recovering from a broken hand. So, you know, it's it's funny because how do these people and I mean the analysts and the coaching staff not recognize that they're, you know, considering their situation, that Michigan's going to have to change up their game plan a little bit. Running back room is banged up. So obviously they're they're not going to go to that. And the fact that Jim Knowles didn't didn't recognize this is it just kind of blows my mind. Like a cover zero for most of the game. What are you doing? (laughs) You know, I mean, I I get it starting the game, but like, why wouldn't you do a cover one or a cover three? They're both. All three of those are designed to stop the running game. But there's also. You know, with cover one, you have a safety in the back. And that would have prevented some of what we saw. Lathan Ransom had the worst game of his career. Yes, this is true. He looked like Bryson Shaw. He looked he worse looked, than Bryson he Shaw. He was lost, man. I, I don't know what was going on there. He he played so well this year. Up he did. This game. He did. He looked worse than Bryson Shaw. And you guys know how I feel about that fellow. So... <laughs> But I, you know, I just I don't understand why they didn't recognize the fact that Michigan wouldn't be doing their normal stuff, you know, or at least have a backup plan, make an adjustment, something. Now you get burnt three times on deep passes that you shouldn't have been burnt on at all, and it just one was a missed tackle. I'll give them that. Okay, I, I forget if that was Denzel Burke or no, or if that was, was him. It was okay. Cam Brown. Okay, and you know he's he's another one that's had a great year, you know, and and he played pretty well yesterday. But you miss tackles sometimes; it just happens. Unfortunately, that was one of them. But some of those other deals, you know, the safety's got one job, and you just keep everything in front of you. But if the coaching staff doesn't have the safety out there, he can't keep anything in front of him because he's playing man on someone else. You know, and then if he's lost, well, you saw what happens. Um, The offense, you know, you guys already said everything that came to my mind. You know, I think that Coach Day kind of shot the team in the foot uh, by not showing confidence or aggression. And that kind of thing can permeate throughout the locker room, you know. Um, And and I think that maybe led to the collapse of the defense later on. Um, It's just – it was a mess of a game. It was bad play calling. Um, it, you know, it, it kind of reminded me of the Penn State game, how we kept doing those ridiculous wide receiver screens that didn't work one single time. They just kept doing that little soft side pitch. Uh, they just kept going to it. And I'm like, why? how many times does Ryan Day have to run the same play that doesn't work before he's like, oh, this doesn't work? I don't understand. It, I, I don't get it. Um, 
I don't make enough money, <laughs> I, you know, to work with those guys and understand their thought process. But I've I've played this game and watched this game for enough time that if something's not working, you have to abandon it and try something else. So I don't know. I'm not saying I can do better, but I know I can. I, I would not do that. Uh, that's that's pretty much all I have to say about the game right now. All right, report card. <clears throat> We're just going to cruise right along so we can get to all your questions. All right, offensive. Let's start with the offense, guys. Uh, we had 349 passing yards. When you hear these stats, man, you're going to – again, I, I don't know how we only scored 23 points. 349 passing yards, 143 rushing yards, 492 yards of offense, 6.4 yards per play, 23 first downs. We were really good on third down until the second half, only 5 of 16 overall to finish the game. 0 for 1 on fourth down. Time of possession, we actually won at 31 minutes and 46 seconds, and we did have two bad turnovers. Uh, I gave the offense a D as the best. I mean, I, and that's me trying to be very, very positive. I gave him a D. Chris? Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, I'm going with a D as well, Eric, and I put this – 90% of this on the play calling because, like you said, you threw some of the numbers out there, and the guys didn't do too bad statistically, but just situationally and, and the play calling was just awful. All right. Yeah. Go for it, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with you guys. It was, But I, I don't place as much that on the players. It's like Chris said, I think that it was situational play calling was just terrible. This was a – this was a definite situation where the coaches got out coached and uh, it it showed. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, again, that first half, guys, we had them right where we wanted them, two plays. We had only given up two plays. We still had the lead, but from the other side of it, if I'm if I'm a, a fan of the other team, I'm thinking, man, we played as bad as we played and. We're only down by three at halftime. Cool. Eric, does it kind of remind you? I think it was what the, uh, was it the 96 game? We were up nine, nothing at the half. And you just kind of knew because we couldn't do anything but kick field goals. You just kind of knew something bad was going to happen. Yeah. I think that's kind of what the way we felt at going into halftime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Flipping to the other side of the ball. Um, we gave up 278 yards passing, 252 yards rushing. And I'm telling you guys, that out of that 252 rushing, about 230 of that came in the second half. Um, and then, of course, you know, the big, the big passes, uh, just daggers, man. For 530 yards, listen to this stat, guys. 8.8 yards per play. Uh, we gave up 16 first downs. Uh, they were 7 of 16 on third down. Um, and uh, time of time of possession was 28-14. Uh, and we created zero turnovers. Zero turnovers. So those were the defensive stats. I gave them an F, Aaron. Yeah, that is an F. That is absolute F performance. Uh, again, it, you know – coaching staff they didn't it's like they didn't prepare they prepared incorrectly i should say they, they they prepared just not for the right things and they had no backup plan that was pretty obvious f chris yeah 
I don't think you can go anywhere but an F with this. I mean, and again, a lot of it was, as Aaron said, schematic. All right, there's your report card, guys. D's and F's, man. That's that's not going to get you a passing grade. And this is this is the one that you're graded by. Uh, that's that's as uh, as Ryan Day said in his post conference. That's life at Ohio State. There you go, pal. There's your report card for life at Ohio State. All right, uh, let's go ahead and talk about Buckeye Lease. This was really hard to do. I'm not going to lie, guys. I, I struggled at this. Um, Chris, you're usually the one that I, I lean on when it comes to stats and finding the people who I, you think uh, deserve Buckeye Lease. I'm interested to hear what you're going to do here. So I'm going to let you go first for the offensive player of the game. Who earned your Buckeye Leaf? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I would have loved to have gone with Mecca Egbuka, but he did have a couple of drops in there that I think kind of hurt him a little. So I, I went a little off the grid here and I went with somebody who I thought had a great first half and that was Chip Traynham. You know, he, he's not really played a, in a game time situation at that running back position at Ohio state. I thought he came in and did a pretty admirable job. I mean, not big numbers, 14 carries, 83 yards, but I thought he ran hard. He looked tough. He looked physical which is what we needed with mine off the field. I did go with Agbuka, nine catches, 125 yards, and a touchdown. I know he did have a couple of drops. Even Marvin Harrison Jr. had a drop, guys. Who had not dropped one all season. Had not dropped one all season. The first, I think it was the second pass he got dropped. Yeah. So I was like, uh, that was another bad omen right there. Other than getting puked on, I was like, yeah, here we go. Um, <laughs> Aaron, who was your <laughs> offensive player of the game? I went with Chip Traynham as well. Uh, he he surprised me. He played really well. I I felt like I I don't know why he didn't get the ball a little bit more than he did, but uh, yeah, I'm going Chip Chip Traynham. Uh, he's been dealing with an injury. I think this was really the first time he was healthy enough to go. So you know, a lot of people asking why didn't Dallin Hayden play? Apparently, Dallin Hayden's got the fumbles in practice really bad. Oof. Yeah. But you know what? We didn't see it in that game. I know, I know, but you know as a coach, man, Aaron will tell you this. You fumble it in practice, dude. That's oh, I know. I mean, the only, one of the reasons – I think the only reason why he seriously played in the Maryland game was he was really the only option. Yeah, I could, that's – I mean, yeah, because who else do we have, you know? Chip wasn't able to play. This yeah. is the first time he's been able to actually play. So – uh, yeah, I, I, I to just answer your question, the, the question people, I know that's probably, I just probably answered one of the questions that someone had was where was Dallin? Dallin? Uh, apparently the coaching staff just doesn't have the trust in him. And yeah, I guess that's why he only had two carries yesterday. So, but you're right, uh, guys. Uh, Chip didn't play well. He 14 carries, 83 yards. That's what, 5.9 yards per carry. He was he was hitting the hole hard. He was leaning forward. You know, he was always getting the extra yard or two. So, I know this much. If we get all our running backs back next year and they're healthy, that's going to be one hell of a room. Yeah. So, if we got the line. If yeah, nobody transfers. But, and yeah, no kidding. Defensive player of the game. I'll let you start with this one, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want me to go first? Because I have a guy. I uh, The only person that I can really – I don't know, man, because everybody just had a, a, a bad day. But, like, the only one I felt like was consistent was, like, Zach Harrison. 
Okay, yeah, that's my guy, couple, dude. That's who I went with. Yeah, he had a couple swatted passes at the line, you know, and four tackles, and he didn't really – he didn't get dominated or pushed around. You know, he didn't get any sacks either, but he did pressure a couple times, and he was – I feel like he was the most consistent thing we had. There was th- only three guys in that on that defense yesterday that showed any emotion, and he was consistently yeah. that one guy. The other one, it was um, – JT Tumulau showed some emotion yesterday, but even in the fourth quarter, I saw him hanging his head some. And Tommy Eichenberg obviously shows emotion, but he's just not a verbally emotional person to begin with. Yeah. He has Tommy uh, two thumbs. Yeah. But Zach. I like Tommy least, no thumbs. Yeah. Zach did not give up, man. That guy was trying to get the crowd into it up until the bitter end. It was his last game in the shoe, and yeah. I think – I thought he tried – you know, I've been hard on Zach Harrison for never becoming the five-star that he was – you know, he was tagged with. But let's be honest, guys. <clears throat> a lot of these five- and four-star ratings are based on, you know, measurables and and how fast are you in the cone drill and how high can you jump and what's your long jump, your broad jump, and how big is your wingspan and what's your 40 time. And, you know, yeah. those are all things you can measure. And, and, and don't get me wrong, a lot of those things are important, but that, that that's not what makes a football player. Well, I can I point out, too, that Zach sure. Harrison, he, he grew up in Columbus, he knows this rivalry. And, yes. I, you know, a lot of these guys, they did. They're not from Columbus. They're not from Ohio. They don't know. So he knows what this game is about. He knows what this whole week was about. They can talk about it. Ryan Day can talk about how he knows how important it is. But when the game comes, it's like he he forgets. But, you know, you like you, you said it. Zach Harrison from Columbus, Ohio, was the only one till the bitter end still fired up about this game. He was still ready to crack some heads. That's the difference, I feel like. We got to get some more Ohio kids in here. You just hit on one of the things that we will be covering in the offseason, and I'm going to be preaching from the housetop. Uh, I'll come back to this. I'll come back. Remind me. We'll come back to this. If not in this show, Aaron, we're going to have an entire show on that very thing. Chris, your defensive player of the game. Yeah, I want Zach Harrison as well. I'll tell you guys. He may not have ever developed in that five-star we we talked about, but you know what? I thought over the – especially the last half dozen games, Harrison has been a beast out there. Uh, I think he's really improved himself to the point where he, he's going to get drafted next year. Yep. Yeah, he's going to be a four. I think he's a fourth-rounder right now. I was say, he's, a, he's a late third or a fourth-round draft. Pick, I, I think he can squeeze into the third base again. He does based have on the, the measurables. Like you you got it. You got he's it. Yeah, based on his combine. measurables. Yep, he'll be he'll be a combine warrior. There's no yep. doubt. Oh boy, here we go. I'll go first here. The offensive play of the game. Um, I'm going to go the C.J. Stroud to Marvin Harrison Jr. touchdown. That was beautiful. Here's the thing. That was an NFL play by two NFL players. When he threw that football, Marvin Harrison Jr. did not have a step on the defender. They were side by side. And when he let go of that thing, there was another gear in Marvin Harrison Jr. that is next level. And, and that was just – that was the prettiest offensive play, I thought. Chris? Yeah, I went with the same one, Eric. And and what you referred to, he threw him open. Yes. That, that's exactly what the terminology is for. It. He threw him open. Yeah, I thought it was a great play. 
Aaron? Same play. Yep, same play. I, it's you guys just you guys nailed it. Perfect. Here's the one I absolutely have no idea what what to do. So I have one, but I'm going to hear your guys first. Chris, your defensive player hit of the game. You know, I I've thought about this and thought about this, and the, the best I think performance by the defense in general came when. Eichenberg and Steel Chambers busted through the line to stop that. I think it was, what, a thir- third and one, fourth and one run and actually tackled the guy in the backfield. That That's the only thing I can think of. Aaron? Yeah, yeah, that was actually the one I had in mind as well. That, that was really, other than any of the swatted passes that Zach Harrison had, that was really about the only defensive play that, that they really made. <laughs> If we're being honest, you know, uh, so, yeah, I think that was a what was it, third or fourth and one, Chris. I it was one I of those remember, I, which it was. It I, was a it was it a big was, play. I know it was that a big play. I think it was a third and one because it forced him to punt. OK, yeah. I went with the JT to move out TFL. Uh, it was a big hit. <laughs> it was. Um, but I mean, I, you know what? Screw it, because it it wasn't as big as what you guys are talking about. We'll just make that cross the board. Tommy and Steele's TFL on third on third down. Um, and that's sad that that's what what we're going with for right here. That <laughs> was, um, yeah, that's sad. Well, we right. fun with Gee Scott Jr.'s headbutt. No, we that, <sighs> stupid, right? I didn't see it. I've not I've not gone back and watched it, but Sarah told me it was completely uncalled for. And it, was it was totally uncalled his for. Fault. It was stupid, and it just shows the lack of discipline this team has. Yep. There you go. All right, we're gonna. I know that was quick, but hey, I mean, how much more can we really dissect that? Let's go to commercial. When we come back, we've got the stuff that all of you want to talk about. Sign type. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, welcome back to the OHIO podcast. Uh, so this week's poll question, it's a tough one, but it had to be asked. Uh, it's its something that everybody's talking about. People have been saying it all year long, seemingly, when they don't agree with his decision-making. <laughs> and we made fun of people for it, but now it seems kind of a little bit more legitimized. So uh, the poll question is, where do you currently stand with Ryan Day? First option is needs fired now. The second one is give him one more chance, but the seat is heating up. Or the third and final option, I love Ryan Day, and this poll question is stupid. <laughs> I don't know which one of you guys made this. I got a feeling it was Eric, but that was uh, that's a good one there. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. So before we get into what the results are, Eric, who did which one did you vote for and why? Uh, I went for give him one more chance, but the seat is heating up. Um, and and I, here, let me give you a reason why. Number one, I like Ryan Day. I think Ryan Day is a very good human being. I think he is a f- fantastic uh, recruiter 
I think that he has a really good uh, offensive mind, although that could be questioned yesterday. But for the most part, he has proven, I think, over time that he knows what he's doing as a play caller. Um, I also think that he's a young coach. He's a young head football coach. And this is a part of that seasoning that people like Nick Saban and even even Jim Harbaugh and Dabo Sweeney and um, the guy down there in Georgia helped me out. Um, Kirby, Smart. Kirby Smart. Smart, Kirby Smart. You see, all of these guys have had years of seasoning that Ryan Day is getting right now. And you know, we at Ohio State, this was one of the this was one of the worries I did have when they hired him was that he's a first time head coach. And a lot of people questioned, why are we doing this now? Why are we giving a, a, this job to a first-time head coach? And if you guys remember, one of the reasons why um, Luke Fickle was never interviewed for the job was because he just didn't have enough he, uh, head coaching experience. And that is why he went down to Cincinnati. You guys remember that? Yep. Urban Meyer said he needs some head coaching experience. And and so this is what happens sometimes when these guys they when they need to get, you know, you know, Notre Dame is experiencing some of this right now with their head guy. He's learning on the job. And when you're learning on the job at one of the, you know, blue bloods, everything gets, you know, it, it's bigger. And so even the losses are bigger and that's what we're experiencing. But at the same time, I say all that to say this, he himself said it when he was hired at his press conference. I know my job is to win that game and then win every game after that game. He said it himself. He knew it. And so I don't think Ryan Day is surprised that the heat, the heat that's coming down from this fan base right now. Which means I think he understands it's do or die next year. Two years ago at, at Big Ten Media Days, the booger picker needer said it himself. We either we either win or we die trying. Well, it's Ryan Day's turn to say we either win or we die trying. It's him that's on the hot seat now. Give him one more chance, but the seat is heating up. All right. And Chris, which one did you go with? I'll tell you, I went with get rid of him now. Really? Yes, I lived through the Cooper years, and I'm feeling a lot of that coming back. And I looked at it, guys. I didn't judge this lightly. I didn't go on here until later in the day to actually make my choice. And this is my thought process. I'll give him one more chance, but the only way that happens is if Ohio State backdoors their way into the playoff and he wins it. That's that's his second chance, in my opinion. He has already lost more games than the last three Ohio State – or lost as many games as the last three Ohio State head coaches combined to that team up north. When you look at his record against quality opponents, and I'm not talking mid-ranked Big Ten – just Big Ten teams. I'm talking about – top-tier Michigan teams, the Alabamas, the, the Clemson. And yes, I know he's got a win against Clemson, and it was a good win against Oregon. 
he has been out coached and we have looked really bad in the majority of those five losses that he's had. And it just seems to me that if he doesn't, isn't in a situation where he has the more talented team where the talent wins out, he can't coach his team up. He's in over his head. I think the man is a great offensive coordinator. Eric, I agree with you. I think he is a wonderful human being. But I'm not looking at it from that standpoint. I'm looking at it from does he have that killer instinct and that mindset to be a head coach? And I don't think he does. You know, Urban Meyer wasn't liked by everybody, but you know what? He won. Uh, You go back, Saban. People despise Saban, but he wins. Being a good person is not a prerequisite to be a good head coach. And the fact is, I do not feel that he is the answer at this point. I think what he did yesterday, like I said, it demoralized and it broke this Ohio State team. And I believe it is going to negatively affect recruits that were at the game. I think it's going to negatively affect our roster in relation to the transfer portal. And I don't personally want to take a step back to the Cooper years again. Now, that being said, obviously there were some events this evening which might have tempered my original decision a little bit, but you know, overall, I don't think so. I think the only way that he can rectify this situation and deserves another shot is if he can backdoor his way into the playoff with a USC loss and win the thing. And, and in the process of doing that, he has to take down Michigan. Cut and dry that simple. I mean, yeah, I, I can't really dispute any of that, and nor will I try uh, my vote, I said give him one more chance, but the seat is heating up. And Chris, you know, the I was young, but I remember the 90s vividly uh, because my whole life revolved around Ohio State football, little league football that I was in in school. That was it. And my buddies, you know. So I remember that. And, you know, the the, the comparisons between the two coaches is pretty uncanny because – John Cooper, you know, I don't know what his upbringing was, if he was an excellent OC or whatever. I just know that he came from Arizona State where he had won a Rose Bowl, I think, in 87 or 88. So Ohio State hired him. Excellent recruiter. Lots of talent. We had the talent to win several national titles, but it adds just like we do now. But come the Michigan game, come the bowl games, Rose Bowl, you name it. What happened? We lost. Yeah, we choked. Exactly. And Aaron, you look at it. Let's realistically look at that Rose Bowl last year. Do we think that we come back and win that game if Utah's quarterback does not go down? I don't. I honestly, I I can't. I can't say yes or no. I I I know where you're coming from, and it it sure doesn't seem like we would have because he went out at a pivotal moment, and their backup just didn't have it. So it's. It's very hard to say. I would like to say that we would have won either way, but I, I agree with you. It's it. I can't definitively go back, look at that game, and be like, yes, 
if Cam Rising had stayed in the game, we would have won. I can't say that 100%. So, anywho, the uh, the results here, 17% said needs fired now. 64% said give him one more chance. And 19% said I love Ryan Day. And Eric, your poll is stupid. <laughs> this was our most voted in poll we've ever had, by the way. Well, that tells you how passionate the fan base is. Yeah, you know, I'm looking up the how... totals. I'm looking up the totals right now. And help me do some math. 139 plus 28. What is that? Uh, yes. 167. 167 people in this in this poll since this morning. Well, you know, there's actually there's dude, there's a comment on here that I think is kind Read of. It. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's from Dolly Scott and her comment or his. I don't know. I don't want to assume genders here. Uh, give him one more chance, but only if he hires an OC and gives up play calling. What do you guys think about that? Is that the right move? That's tough. Here's the thing. He's got an OC. We have an OC. Kevin yeah, Wilson. Who's, who's calling the plays? Ryan Day's the the main play caller, yes. Okay. And I think that's and I think what that's the problem. And I think that's what this person's getting at. So that's I don't know. That I just thought that was an interesting comment. Um maybe they split more. I but then again, you can't split more because it has to be a certain way. Like that's how you prepare for these games. But like you know, it's it's funny because Ryan Day went from making incredible adjustments like that's something that I I sung the praises of his since he got hired is his ability to make these adjustments. And like it seems like this year, the adjustments have just been crap. If any were made at all. Can, have you guys noticed that as a little bit of bearing on that? Sure. It's people like us. It's what people who are telling him how weak his team was, how non-tough his team was, how they didn't run the ball well. I think that members of the media and the fan base got into his head a little bit. Well, that wouldn't affect your your adjusting. I mean, it, well, it, would, it would affect your play calling and, you know, it, it, could, it could affect your adjustments. He's trying to prove something. He's so stubborn, he's trying to prove something. Well, that's just not smart. I didn't say it was smart. I said yeah. I, that's what's part of what's happening. Guys, guys, that's what that's what that that seasoning I'm talking about. He's experiencing. We we're watching in real time a young head football coach who's who's figuring this thing out for the first time. Like this is the first time he's really really had to deal with big time adversity now. Okay? Clemson losing the Clemson in the playoff was adversity, but you know, he what did he do? He came back and beat Clemson the next time. Losing to Alabama, guys, I, I straight up. Let's be let's be dead honest here. I don't care if that was Urban Meyer at the helm. I don't care if it was Nick Saban coaching against his himself. Alabama was going to crush us that game. We just didn't have the horses on defense to hang with them. Period. Okay? But this is the first time he has been out coached by a team he that has lesser talent than him. Two times in a row. This is called adversity. This is the first time real adversity in his coaching career. And he doesn't know how to outcoach someone who's got his number right now. This is the first time. Hey, Eric, he said it himself, though. 12-1 and one in a Rose Bowl victory is not good enough. 
He's I know. So he knows this, yet we're not doing anything to change it. I mean, this guy is the highest paid state employee in the, the state of Ohio. And he, by his own standards, is failing. But he'll gladly keep taking the paycheck. Do you think he's going to walk away? <laughs> you, you see what well, I mean? That's okay. Let's, let's let's slow the train down. He might be the highest paid employee in the state of Ohio, but I he's also one of the most giving people I've I've head coaches I know of right now. Uh, again, John Cooper was a hell of a nice guy too, Eric. Yes, you know he what? was. I've met John Cooper multiple yes. times. Oh, hell of a nice guy, Su- superhuman being. Mm-hmm. But if you can't win the big one, you're not head coaching material. I gr- I agree. Yes. I absolutely agree. But I, I'm I am not ready to pull pull the rug out from under him yet. Me either. I just want somebody that's willing to kick kickers to coach our team. You called him dumpster juice <laughs> earlier in this year. As a person, not as a coach. <laughs> yeah. That's what this whole conversation he, he's is. He's an awful son of a bitch as a person, but he is a great coach. Dude, abuse all the kickers you want, but come back and win us a championship. <laughs> Did you see the picture someone posted of him with those two girls where he looks drunk and someone yeah. says, bring them back? And I said, are those the offensive and defensive coordinators? <laughs> Couldn't no, do any not. worse than what we saw yesterday. Oh, well, they're certainly not the kickers. All right, let's jump into these questions, guys, because this might take a while. Holy smokes. I'm looking down through the list. There is no way we're going to get to everybody's questions. And some of you actually wrote multiple questions in your questions. So, Bear with us. We have people, uh, guys, who uh, sent us in suggested uh, questions for the very first time. And let me say this. If you're one of those people who wrote in a question uh, for the first time and you're listening to this, we appreciate that so much. If we don't happen to get to your question, I apologize. Please forgive us. But we're trying to keep this thing to about around an hour. And and there are probably three hours worth of questions here. So, we are going to do our very best to get to it, okay? Let's start at the top and work our way down, or do you want to start at the bottom and work our way up to the top? What do you guys want to do here? Uh, let's start at the bottom. That's, that sounds like the way to do it, right? Rodney uh, Pinnock, maybe? Pinnock? Um, to, he says, have you guys cons- – uh, let's see. Has Ryan Day ever considered getting an offensive coordinator to call plays? All right. So this may be more of a statement than a question, but I'm going to form it in the form of a question. It's kind of where we were talking about. All right. I'll let you go with that one first, Chris. Do you think Ryan Day needs to look himself in the mirror and say, maybe I need to get a full-time OC who calls plays so that I can manage this team better? More so. I mean, the whole point of getting Jim Knowles was he was the Jim Knowles was the defensive head coach, and Ryan Day's the offensive head coach. That's why they're paying Jim Knowles two million dollars. Should we keep what we're doing, or should Ryan Day seriously consider stepping away from the play calling? I think it has to change, Eric. I think it has to change. I think, as I said, we saw it yesterday. I think the team has lost confidence in him as a play caller, not just the fans. I think that he needs to step away. Focus on managing this team as a whole. As I said, one of the things that we've noticed about Ryan Day's teams since his his taking the reins is the fact that they are undisciplined. Uh, And, you know, that's something that he can address if he has more time to focus on being a head coach rather than a quarterback coach or a, you know, offensive coordinator. He needs to take control of this team and he needs to regain their confidence. And I think the way to do that is 
to actually become a head coach and get an offensive coordinator that calls the plays for him. Okay. Uh, Sammy Poston, um, I'm heartbroken we lost with a way, with a way more talented team. You and me both, buddy. Two years in a row. I'm probably crazy to say this, but I think that after two straight blowout losses with so much better talent, Ryan Day should be fired. What are your all thoughts? Well, we kind of answered that. Um, Chris is, Chris says yes. Aaron and I say not yet. So there you go, Sammy. But thanks for the question. Um, Stan Williams, this one's for you, uh, Aaron. And I'm going to form this into more of a coach question for you. Okay. Is Ryan Day really that stubborn that he won't listen to the quarterback and see that they were moving the ball after first and 35? We talked about that play. We all said that that was kind of the moment where think we Ryan Day lost. Hindsight's 2020, but in that moment, does Ryan Day need to listen to the quarterback at that moment, or should the head coach said, "No, I'm the head coach, and this is what we're doing here"? Your thoughts? That's tough, man. That's a really tough question. Um, you know, it, it's it's more of a failure on Ryan Day's part uh, because as the head coach, he has to notice the attention to detail here. And the, the, the fact is the the detail he missed was that they had a rhythm going. They got hurt by some penalties. You know, I think that was the drive where uh, G Scott head butted whoever. Uh, and there was a holding. So it was like first and 30 or first and 35. So the fact that they even got to fourth down and four, that's pretty tremendous. And it was pretty clear to me, like unless he decided to call one of those stupid sweet plays that didn't work all day that he ran <laughs> eight or nine times, um, they were probably going to pick up that first down, you know. Um, and then the other thing, too, is um, they yeah, – OK, back up. I'm getting too deep into this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to answer the question, Aaron. Answer the question. Yes, he should have listened to his quarterback, but by the same token, he should have noticed that they developed a rhythm on that drive despite yes. the bull crap that took place. Yes, I – Ryan always talks, we are a rhythm offense. You had the rhythm there. You had the rhythm and you and you you done you done lost the jive there, Jive Turkey. I mean, you had the rhythm. Uh good question. Thanks for submitting that question. Good answer, Aaron. Uh Chris, this one's from Matt Meller, I believe, or Miller Meller, M-E-L-E-R. Sorry if I mispronounced your last name, Matt. Has CJ been a waste of talent for the last two years, especially in big games? Who what is CJ's legacy, Chris? I take it that that silence is you thinking about this? No, let me tell you. I guess if you ask if he's a waste, been a waste of talent, uh, well, yeah, I think he has. How many national titles do we have? Zero. How many Big Ten titles do we have? Zero. He is, I believe, the best passing quarterback we've had aside from maybe the one superb year that Dwayne Haskins had. There you go. I was going to disagree with you. I think Dwayne Haskins had yes. the single greatest passing year ever he in did. Ohio State history. But I feel that Stroud had all the tools to exceed what Haskins did. And the way that be it whether it was play calling this year whether it's just been the fact that, you know, I don't know. I wish I could justify a reason for why things have gone the way they have the last two years. Um, 
But yeah, he's absolutely been a waste of time. This is a guy, Eric, who, in my opinion, is probably the first quarterback off the board this this spring. I think that, you know, people will talk Bryce Young. People may talk uh, the kid at TCU. He's good too, man. He is. He's good. But you know what? He plays in a league where there's no defense. Well, okay. You know, every one of these guys, I watched the quarterback for USC really close last night. By the way, he just won the Heisman last night easily. You know what all those quarterbacks that you just mentioned have that CJ doesn't? They scramble yeah. and they, they're not afraid to run the football. That's crazy. Aaron has been preaching this for two years now. That's wild. It came to roost yesterday, didn't it? Absolutely. How many times could he have taken off with it? And then the one Aaron, they, 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 they didn't, they were daring him to run it. Absolutely. They were saying, we'll give you 15 yards. We'll give it to you. He wouldn't take it. He would not take it. They knew he wouldn't. And the one time that he did try, he did some stupid little, I don't even know what, I don't even know why the hell you'd do that, but he flipped it right to a, a Michigan defender for an interception. Dumbest thing I've seen. All right, this is for both you guys. Uh, real quick, this is from Nick Quint. Nick, he submitted about five questions here. I'm going to take this one. At this point, do you guys want to play in the CFP, or would you rather turn the page and go play in the Rose Bowl? I want the CFP, Eric. I absolutely want the CFP because, as, as I said, that, in my opinion, is Ryan Day's chance to right the ship. If he gets in there and he fails in the CFP, bye. Bye, Felicia. He has said himself, like I said, the Rose Bowl victory is not good enough. Don't let him go to the Rose Bowl. Send him to the CFP. If he's going to beat the big boys, he's going to beat the big boys. And you know what? I will personally come on this show and apologize for what I have said. But you know what? I, I just don't think the guy's got it in him. Aaron? I want the CFP. I want to see if he's learned from this. That's what I want. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, if here's the, here's the here's the dirty little secret, guys. If we're in the CFP, what if Jackson Smith and the Jigba comes back? Why, Eric? That's the only way you're going to see Jackson Smith and Jigba. CJ. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's uh, why. That's the dirty any little. Any of these other first round potential first or second round picks. They are not suiting up again for Ohio State unless we get into the CFP. That's yeah. why that's why I formulated the question as, do we turn the page? Because if we go to the Rose Bowl, it's on to next year's team. Those guys aren't going to play. Yeah. Uh, it's bad to see Kyle McCord get some quality minutes in a game either. I, that's what bowl games are now, guys. They are they are future they are future games. What does your team look like next year? That's what these games are. Thank you, NIL. <laughs> Right. Uh, that that it was going to happen anyways, Aaron. I mean, I, I, know. I, I know it's it is what it is. Yeah. OK, uh, from my buddy Scott Cameron, what does the future of Knowles look like? Is he given one more year? If they lose next year, do they fire Day and Jim Knowles, Chris? Oh, I don't think there's any doubt if, if Day survives this season and, and you guys are right, he probably will. But, yeah, I think anything short of a national title next year. And it's going, to be tough. it's going to be tough to do. Oh, you don't have CJ Stroud. Don't even, guys. I I do a lot of 
future casting and looking at rosters, Ohio State is going to be Ohio State is going to have to win next year on defense. Offensively, we are going to be very, very young, especially up front. We're going to have yeah. a new signal caller. We're going to have three to four new starting offensive linemen. We'll have a very experienced wide receiver room and running backs, but that doesn't matter if you ain't got a line and a quarterback. No, absolutely not. But I'll tell you right now, yeah, anything short of an if they, if they let him stick around, anything short of a national championship and a top five defense, both in yards given up and in a scoring defense, I think they both got to go. Not to mention that team that just beat us by 20, what was it, 23 points, 22 yeah. points, something like that. Um, they are returning almost their entire offense outside of their offensive line. So, yeah. and, and, and like I've been telling everybody next year's Kevin Egan's years, guys, Penn state is loaded. They oh, were that, those running backs they've got are just, they, tremendous. they are all sophomores and freshmen outside of just a handful of guys. I mean, they are going to be loaded the next year. I like years. that kid from what is it? Uh, Minner? Is that where the kids are? Yeah. 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 The Ohio kid. All right, Mike McClintock. <clears throat> it's obvious the defense still isn't fixed. Aaron, this one's for you. Okay. What changes need to be made on defense? <clears throat> well, I the only changes that need to be made is better preparation because how did you in okay, it's this is kind of a, a loaded question because there's a lot that goes into that. So how did they not prepare, okay, for the fact that Michigan had one injured running back in Blake Corum, okay? That is their number one weapon right there, okay? Donovan Edwards, as you know, is very capable, and he showed the world yesterday that he is, okay? So, yeah, you still have to prepare for that, but if you guys listen to our pregame show, I mentioned cover one and cover three. Okay, both of those coverages allow a deeper uh, safety. Okay, Jim Knowles didn't really do that at all, and he didn't change any of his game plan. He he planned for that game like Blake Corum was going to be playing, and he didn't. And why he didn't have a backup plan is what blows my mind. So I don't know if that's Jim Knowles' philosophy, if that's how he does things as well. They've used Blake Corum all year, and now he's probably going to play. Maybe not. Maybe he will. Uh, so we'll just we'll just put all of our eggs in one basket, you know. Um, but I've never seen anybody coach the way that they – or call a game on defense the way that it was called yesterday, and it was terrible. Like that was worse on defense than it was on offense, and I I don't know <laughs> I don't think anything needs fixed. I think maybe they need to revisit their philosophy on how they prepare for games. Uh Aaron, I'm gonna ask you this one too. Uh also Mike McClintock. Mike, great questions, by the way. You need to hang around on our social media and listen to our podcast and send send us some more ideas. These are great questions. What's up with all the leg injuries this year? Is it time to reevaluate the strength and, strength and conditioning program, Aaron? Um, you know, it's without knowing exactly what they do. I know that Coach Marathi is, you know, probably his top three strength and conditioning coaches 
in all of probably football period, but definitely in college football, big level football. Um, <clears throat> so some of that goes into the turf. Okay. Um, that, that synthetic turf, you Sucks. know, it, it's bad, you know, bad it's, for, it's, it's bad for head injuries too, guys. That's why they're going to go back to natural grass eventually. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really, really not friendly to the ligaments in your legs. I will tell you that. Um, I played on it a lot when I played semi-pro and it's, it's not as, it's not as good as what they advertise it to be. They say it's a fast track and it helps you grip better and all this other stuff, which, you know, it's kind of true, but when you're planting or, or you're spinning or anything, you are putting your meniscus and, and all your ligaments in a real bad situation. And so I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, when you consider that, on natural grass, we didn't have these issues outside of like, you know, somebody got hit and they're, you know, a real injury where their leg was was compromised. Yeah. Tackling. tackling. Yeah. Yeah. A tackling a contact injury. Um, yeah, I don't think that these, it's most of these issues are non-contact issues. Yes. Man. Yeah. They're not, it's not a strength and conditioning thing, in my mm-hmm. opinion. It's littered. It, it, it's it is this synthetic turf. It is a problem. Yeah. The NFL is making a move to go back to natural grass. And you know that that's going to come down to the college level. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it's funny. We get all of these new technologies and new things. And what do we always discover? A lot of times the old way was, was a better way. <laughs> so yeah. I, I really think you're going to see natural grass come back into play in the next 10 years, guys. Uh, all right. Uh, Marshall Traeger was something wrong with Hayden. We, we talked about that. We answered that already. No, he's got the fumbling issue in practice. It's, it's documented now. And I think the coaches don't want to throw him under the bus, but that is why they just didn't play him unless they absolutely had to. Hopefully he can get that taken care of because he is a very good talent. Um, all right. Hmm. Let's see. Dolly, Dolly Scott. Um, Chris kind of answered this already, but I'm going to give you the the real do us a real quick uh, solid here on this one. If we make the playoffs, what do you think our chances are? Can we bounce back from this game, Chris? You know, I'd like to say yes. But again, Eric, right now, I feel like. This team is broken. Um, and I think. If Ryan Day can find a way to earn the trust of his players back, then I think we have the talent to stay in there. We have the talent to compete with anybody in the country. I don't think that's in question. Do we have the discipline and the tenacity? And I'm going to steal one of Aaron's phrases here, the testicular fortitude mm-hmm. to do it. That, that's another question. You know what I uh, question, Chris? I question the team's confidence moving forward. Yeah. Well, like I said, they're broken right now. Mm-hmm. They, they are broken. And unless Ryan Day can find a way to get that confidence back, they don't stand a chance in the playoff. But I Aaron, also, they, sorry, Chris. Go no, ahead. But I also think, as I mentioned before, that is Ryan Day's chance at redemption. All right, Aaron. Uh, Dolly Scott also asks, was the play calling too conservative? Hmm. 
I think at times it was. Uh, I don't think the whole game was conservative because, I mean, Marvin Harrison's touchdown was – that was not conservative play calling at all. Um, that was a great play that they made. And that was a call from, you know, whoever makes those calls, which I assume is Coach Day. Um, I think at times, you know, like we discussed earlier, uh, the the fourth and four that Day pulled, you know, the, the offense off the field for, that was entirely too conservative and he killed the momentum that his team was building. Um, so to answer the question, yes and no. At times, I think I think it was poorly timed when he went conservative. That's that's that, I think that's probably the best way I can put that. Aaron, right back at you with Robert Allen's question. By the way, Robert, uh, hear you. Got your order for T-shirts, buddy. And man, Robert, late he loaded us up with questions. I'm sorry, Robert, we're not going to be able to answer all these, but I am going to I'm going to pick a couple out of here that I think are very interesting here. Um, Aaron, can we operate this offense without a rhythm? If not, why? That's a good question, man. <laughs> it is a good question. That is a great question. Um, and <clears throat> the reason is, yeah, yes, you can. Okay, but it's going to look a lot more like what Michigan does. That's not a rhythm offense. Um, so rhythm is based on the ability to to pass, essentially. Okay, and that's why I say it's it's all built on the rhythm of the quarterback and the receivers. That's why it's called a rhythm offense. If they don't have that rhythm, and most of your play call is passing, well, guess what? You're not going to be moving the ball too well. So um, if you take the rhythm out and you just run the ball, it just looks like what Michigan does. So that's that's the, that's the answer. Robert, I'm going to answer this one, guys. Robert says, does CJ let the pressure get to him? He seems good. Then he continues to be overconfident, moving with no purpose. The issue you see with CJ when it comes to pressure is that he has zero confidence running the football. If if he felt the pressure and he didn't see an open receiver, what did Justin Fields do? He relied on his legs. Okay, CJ cannot rely on his legs. He has zero confidence on his legs. That's why when you see the pressure coming and he spins out of pressure, he looks like he's panicking because he is because he's trying to find someone open or he's trying to figure out, do I want to go ahead and try to run this or throw this ball away? And when he does run, he looks like a duck out of water, man. He's uncomfortable doing it because it's not who he is. He can't do it. Um, good question, though. Uh, does Ryan Day give, need to give up play calling? Yes, Robert. We've already uh, – uh, we've, we've gosh, we've beat that one with a stick. Um, oh, here's another good one, man. I don't know. Um Chris, how does Ohio State manage to underperform every year? Man, I, I don't know. Is that a fair question? I don't know. I don't think well, it is. I'll tell you, Eric, I, I think if you look at it, when they play a team that's, like, that's got a pulse, they do have a tendency to play down to their opponent. That, that's not true, though. Look at what we did against Clemson when we had when we had uh, in the in the playoff, man. We dominated okay. them. Okay, okay. I, I agree with that in that one game. But let's just look at just this season alone. Maryland should not have been able to hang with us the way they did. Penn State, it should not have taken that effort from JTT. But guys, that Penn State, Penn State, 
Penn State's like that every year. I don't care. It, it was like that exactly. with Urban why, Meyer. Why is it? When you've got so, so much better talent, why is it? Because, I, well, well, first off, I think Penn State's a whole heck of a lot better than we thought they were. Chris, you and I thought they were 6-6. Six and six. I agree. I they agree. are a, they are a lot better than that. Kevin, they are better than that. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, we, we were wrong about that. But, yeah, I think they do play down to their opponent, Eric. I really do. Notre Dame, we should have blown that Notre Dame team out of the water. Uh, USC did. Yeah. Yeah, they did. All right, couple yeah, more. Michigan. We should have we should not have first of all, we shouldn't have lost to Michigan this year. Yet alone been decimated the way we have been the last yeah, two years. We shouldn't have I agree I agree with you hundred percent on that. We were decimated today. We were embarrassed yesterday. Yeah. That was embarrassing. And, and you know that was emasculating, like I said. Reasons why. But the fact is, I think it comes down to the fact that it it begins with preparation, which I think we lack in preparation. And I think it comes down to, you know, just a good game plan. And I don't think we always have one. I Like I said, I think sometimes Ryan Day is confused when he's got to go up against teams that have athletes who are equal to or better than Ohio State. All right. I'm going to only entertain this question because I want to, want to hear what you two say. I think it's I think it's number one. I think it's a pipe dream. And number two, there's no way this would happen. But I, I got to hear your guys' reaction. I'll start with you first, Aaron. And when Aaron's done, Chris, jump in. If if this is a big if and I don't think it's going to happen, but let's let's just go down this path. If Ryan Day was no longer the coach as of tomorrow. Would primetime <laughs> Can you see? Can you even see him? This is from Billy Langdon. Can you even see Deion Sanders on the sideline at Ohio State? I can't even see it, man. No, no. He he's. I mean, never say never, but like I'm 99% sure that is not happening. I, I I'll tell you, he set up a quote that goes completely in line with everything we've talked about this. Soft Ohio State team. Did you see the quote he came out with yesterday? No. No. If your kid is going to cry about the way I'm coaching, I'm not the coach for him. That should be every coach that says that. If he's going to cry about being pushed too hard, I am not the coach for him. He says that, and then he goes on an Aflac commercial with his gold chains. I don't know, man. You know what, though? He, He... He's a personality. You're going to get the personality with the guy. True. This I, I will say, though, I do not feel that he has proven himself enough as, as a head coach at the highest level to earn this job. There's no way. He's not an Ohio guy. He doesn't understand the rivalry. He's he's not coached big-time college football. They, they, they've got 10 minutes to rectify this situation. That, that's about what they've got unless they, they're going to ride or die with Dave at least for the next year. You got about ten minutes to stop Luke Fickle from signing that contract. It's well, it's, I think it's signed, isn't it? I think he's done. I think no, it's a done just deal. Just finalized it. They yeah, finalized it, but they haven't signed it. Again, that's a that's a whole nother that's a whole nother discussion, guys. What Luke Fickle being Luke Fickle coming to the Big Ten and it's not at Ohio State. That, but you that, know what? It, it's it's another guy who brings toughness to another Big Ten team. A, a, a tough Big Ten team too. Yeah. And we are now trying to play SEC ball 
with a bunch of tough-ass Big Ten teams. Brian Lee Oberst, we're going to finish with your questions, my man. All right, here we go. He says, I got lots of questions. Well, we're going to take a couple of them, my friend. Oh, we've already answered the firing right of day this stuff. Um, oh, oh, boy, Aaron, this one's for you. Um, we were out coached for a second year in a row. Do you think we gave up on defense or offense? I'm going to say we gave up on both, but yeah, I think we did, Aaron. Yes. Yes, we definitely gave up on both. Uh, I mean, just, you know, when you're, when you're stuffing their run game for, you know, what, three quarters of the game, you know, and then uh, you just let them go. Yeah, they just, I mean, Donovan Edwards two times, like, dude had, what what'd you say earlier, 230 yards rushing in the in the second half? Like, that's... Yeah, it was nasty. It was yeah. nasty. For the game, Donovan Edwards ended up with 216. He had a 9.8-yard average on 22 carries. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, for the first 15 carries, he probably averaged 1.2 yards. Yeah. And then... Pfft, 75-yarder yeah. and then, a, like, another 80-yarder. And then and then he gets in the post-game news co- uh, conference. Someone asks him about his touchdown, and he smiles and goes, which one? Ugh. Hey, he earned it. You know, I know. They, There's they nothing we it. can say. They gave it to him. <laughs> but, yeah, I think they did give up. Um, and then, like, offensively, you know, uh, like Eric said earlier, when they pulled him off the field for that that fourth fourth and four when they you know and punted i think that kind of zapped what they uh what the team wanted to do so um yeah out coached and uh players kind of gave up i think all right chris do you think not having jackson smith the jigba in this game hurt us well sure it's going to hurt you in any game he's i think the most when healthy the most prolific receiver in the game although i think that marvin harrison is right there with him at this point um yeah, that's an ultimate third weapon. But you know what? I, I I don't know how much it hurt us. We should have been prepared. We've been playing without him all season. I felt that, you know, we did, I didn't really like a lot of our passing game to begin with. Um, I don't think we tested them enough deep early on to make them defend the whole field. You know, we have Harrison Jr. We have... Ameka Egbuka. We have Julian Fleming, who I thought played. He didn't have huge numbers, but I thought he played a good game yesterday. Um, you know, I don't know what happened to Cade Stover because that guy was dropping anything thrown in his direction yesterday. But we should have been able to overcome that. Not having Jackson Smith and Jigba is nothing more than an excuse for why we didn't win. Just like they were prepping to have Blake Corum as their excuse. It's an excuse. You should be able to win without him. Last question for both of you. What are the chances CJ comes back next year? Aaron? (laughs) Zero? (laughs) An absolute zero. He's not returning. Zero. Chris, what do you think? Oh, It's an absolute zero, Eric. I mean, first of all, the guy's going to make millions. He's going to be, like I said, I think the top quarterback off the the board. But on top of that, Ryan Day completely humiliated him out there, I think, on that play. It broke his spirit, and if I was in his position, I wouldn't come back to play for that again. I'm not going to go zero. I'm going to go five, 5% chance. What, what, why, you might as well have just went zero. Well, here's the 
If they get into CFP. No, no. Here's what it is. He sits down and he thinks about his legacy at Ohio State. And he says to himself, I can't live with myself knowing that I've never beaten that team up north. And I've never won a Big Ten championship as a starting quarterback. And I want to go down in history as one of the greatest quarterbacks in Ohio State history. And I'm going to come back and I'm going to do it next year. Yeah. Sorry, it's not yeah. that the kid. It's not that the kid's not hurting for money, guys. NIL's given him uh, a pretty comfortable existence as a as a 20 year old man. Uh, more comfortable than I'm living, I guarantee that. It, it, so I'm going to give it a five percent chance if he has that conversation with himself and he says, "I'm I can't live with myself doing this." You know what eases that conversation? Five years, a hundred million dollars. I know. That, that and the fact that I really do think that, that Ryan Day alienated him. I, I just look at the way it played after that 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 critical that critical down we you know spent all day talking about. I think he felt demoralized, humiliated, and, and just you know that Day had no faith in him at that point. I if if I was playing, I could not come back and play under those conditions. All right, we made it through the majority of your questions, guys. Thank you so much for submitting those. We appreciate each and every single one of you doing so all season long. It's 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 really, really helped us. It helps the show move along, gives us a lot of good topics to think about and talk about. And, again, I'm going to come back and revisit this several times in the offseason and maybe pull your question out as a topic for us to discuss in the offseason because there's a lot of good material there. So thank you so much. All right, what happened around the Big Ten yesterday, Chris? Well, just when you thought things couldn't get any more depressing than talking about the Ohio State game, let's take a trip around the Big Ten. So, of course, uh, on Thursday, Iowa found a way to blow their chance at returning to the Big Ten title game by losing to Nebraska, of all teams, 24-17. to Just sad. Uh, we talked about what happened in Columbus yesterday. Uh, you know, obviously the, the Wolverines came out and won 45-23. Penn State looking good still, probably a top 10 team after this week. Uh, they're gonna they won 35 to 16. Maryland, Maryland is bowl eligible, of course, at seven and five, and they won 37 nothing over the hapless Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. Illinois came out, had a big game against Northwestern, which seems to be something that everybody but Ohio State did this year. Uh, Illinois won 41-3. Minnesota, Minnesota finishes at 8-4. They are 23 and uh, they won 23-16 over the soon-to-be fighting Fickles. And Purdue, well, Purdue stamped their ticket to Indianapolis yesterday winning 30 to 16 over Indiana. Guys, it's been a sad year to have to discuss the Big 10. It it is a chapter I am more than happy to close at this point. Yes, we still have some bowl games coming up. Yes, at least one team from the Big 10 is going to be in the CFP. So we will have to talk a little bit more, but guys, I don't know about you, but I kind of wish we were doing this one on video so that you could see me taking my notes and catching them on fire. Just <laughs> symbolic of what has happened this year. in the Big Ten. You know, what'd be very interesting, Chris is in the off season. We rank the big 10 coaches 
We got two new guys to rank that are both pretty doggone good now. Don't let me rank right now because I'm still trying to cool off. I know, I know. And as far as ranking, I submitted this morning my Big Ten Power Rankings <sighs> for the first time this season. Buckeyes aren't in there. You know who you have one. number one coach in the Big Ten right now, Eric. I know. I can't. I can't do it. Sean. The guy Sean, barely has brains to tie his own shoes, but he's managed to humiliate us on two occasions. He was smarter. He was a smarter man yesterday. So, anywho, yeah, we have one more week of Big Ten power rankings that we will be revealing, and it's not going to be pretty, I have a feeling. So, uh, but it is what it is, right? We got to do it. So, anyways. That is this week's show, guys. Um, we will be back next Sunday because we will know what's happening with the CFP. We will be reacting to that. We'll know at that point if we're in and what, how and why or if we're not and we're going to the Rose Bowl because that's that's what's going to happen is if we're either in the CFP or we're probably going to the Rose Bowl, in which we will, I think, probably end up playing either uh, USC. But if USC loses, then that means we're in the CFP. And if USC wins, I think they're in. So that means it might end up being a rematch against Utah, possibly, or Washington, maybe. And I'll be honest, I don't want to play Washington. You guys watch them? They're feisty, man. Yeah, Pennington's thrown for more yards than any other quarterback in college football this year. And we saw what he did in the shoe a couple years ago with with Indiana. And he's got a whole heck of a lot more talent with the Huskies. It's the season. He could light us up like a Christmas tree. Yeah, yeah, he could. So that's going to be very interesting. So we'll be talking about that. Uh, maybe we re- revisit some of these questions we didn't get to, but that's going to be next next weekend show. We so we don't have a preview for you this week. We'll have some other things. Chris and I might be doing a Christmas special for you on uh, um, our, uh, our our video or a sports movies podcast, uh, Varsity Videos. Of course, I'll be doing cigar reviews for all of you. That'll be available too. Uh, we were going to be doing a Shots from the Shot uh, podcast, but please keep uh, the monk in your thoughts and prayers. He's in the hospital currently right now, uh, and it wasn't because of the game yesterday, although that might have something to do with it. But uh, uh, he's not doing too well right now, so uh, please remember him. Uh, so he's unable to record a Shots from the Shot episode with me because of that. But um uh, we will have plenty of content for you outside of this this week. And, of course, we'll be back next week and to talk about our Buckeyes. Guys, and all things considered, isn't it amazing when you go 11-1, and one, you're one of the best teams in college football, but yet at the end of the day, it's still empty, man. It's, it's it tough. Hurt. It's tough. It hurts. I just have words. It hurts. Please go to our Facebook page, um, facebook.com slash the Ohio podcast. Read the article Perspective for Perspectives for Ohio State fans. Uh, I've gotten a lot of really good feedback from that. It's gone all over the interwebs already. It's also available on our uh, Facebook page, which you can uh, visit, theohiopodcast.com. You'll see it on the right-hand side. There's a link for it. There you're also able to hear all of our podcasts, all of our shows, all of our content is right there. We're also on Twitter, uh, so you can check that out. It's uh, twi- it's uh, www.twitter.com backslash theohiopod, I think, twitter.com backslash theohiopod. 
Um, that's where you can find uh, find us. You can always email us at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Guys, got anything else? Keep your chin up, Buckeye fans. I know it's hard right now. I know we took it on the chin. I know we got to listen to all those people like Sean Chirp. Take it. Eat your crow. We got to. It's it's hey, part of being the fan. Yeah. Have you started scouting for your tickets yet? <sighs> no. You, need, you be... need me to order you a, 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 a blue and gold jersey for next? Well, no. I'm not Ooh. wearing – no. I'm not wearing that. No, I didn't say I'd be wearing that gear. I know that's, I tried, but you, that's you, him you, wearing the gear if we <laughs> if we won. That didn't happen. But Aaron, you and I, at least I know you and I, if you get back here to the states or states to uh, Ohio, you and I will be we're going to be making that trip with Sean up there as as buddies. And you know that's not going to be easy for you and me, man. No, it's not. I'm really I've, taking you as being my backup because I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen, man. I need I need a buddy. <laughs> Battle buddy pairs. Yeah, <laughs> I know you can do more damage than me. Well, at the very least, I can run faster if we got. Oh shoot. Uh, Let's hope it doesn't come to that, okay? (laughs) Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Here's the crazy thing: I I saw two fights yesterday, but it was it was Buckeye on Buckeye crime, man. That's oh yeah. I'm telling you, man. I think one of the worst things they did was allow drinking in that stadium. I know a lot of you probably disagree with me, but I think it takes the fun out of it a lot because I don't understand how you could spend all that money to go to a game. And not even remember it the next day. Although yesterday, that there's an argument for not remembering what happened, I guess. But, yeah, I don't get that, man. Especially as expensive as it is inside the stadium. My gosh. But I digress. That's just not my thing. Anywho, um, that's this week's show. We tried our best. I hope you enjoyed the content we brought you. And you probably really didn't enjoy it, but you know what I mean. You, you, We answered some of your questions. We have a lot to talk about moving forward. We, we always have a lot of you at the end of the year and, and during the Penn State game listen to us when you normally don't for the other games or during the offseason. Hang around in the offseason. We, we have a lot of good content, a lot of good topics. Plus, we're going to YouTube live on YouTube and Facebook come January. So not only do you get to hear our beautiful voices, but now you get to see Aaron's beautiful face Chuckle. and Chris and me. Chris, I don't know if we would ever be considered beautiful. Maybe. All I got to say, Eric, is that's a whole lot of ugly on one screen. Oh, man. I tell you. There, we, we definitely have faces for radio. This is true. This is true. Absolutely, man. <laughs> so, hey, it's something to look forward to, guys. And this is why we do this, man. It's not just the good times, but sometimes we need each other in the bad times, too. And that's what we're here for. So Buckeye therapy, right? <laughs> that's what it is, man. Hey, and Aaron, Aaron, he's going to be he's going to be uh, legal to do that. He'll be able to give us some therapy. Yeah. Right. Yes, sir. There you go. So hey, that's Eric, mm-hmm. did you see the question about the 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 uh, fan who wanted to know if we were going live tonight? Yeah, what I did. What happened with that? 
Oh, that would that would have been that would have been bad. Also, be on the lookout for a post that's going to be made from Matthew Butcher, our buddy from Australia. He posted a lot of awesome videos of his stay when he was here in Ohio for the Toledo game. He posted a bunch of them. We're going to be sharing that on our page. Uh, we appreciate Matt and Grant, our buddies, our Aussie buddies. They they were so fun. I so hope that he can come back. Um, again, and we can have some, spend some more time with them. They were so much fun. And I'll tell you guys, it's on my bucket list. I, I got to go to Australia and hang out with these guys just one time in my life. I got to do that. I think it'd be a blast, man. That would be a lot of fun. So be on the lookout for that as well. Thanks again, everybody, uh, for all of your support and please continue to support us. We've got a lot of really awesome things coming down the pike and we want you to be a part of that. As always, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH and sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. And until next time, OH! I owe! Go Bucks! Oh, come, let's sing Ohio's praise And songs through while our hearts rebounding thrill and joy which death alone can still summer's heat or winter's cold the seasons pass the years will roll time and change will surely show how firm thy friendship oh hi when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.